welcome, dear listeners, to another ESICM podcast. Today, we are diving into the emerging world of pharmacometrics. It's Ana Maria Iwan, a next committee member and an intensive care consultant from Fundacion Jimenez Diaz University Hospital in Madrid. Our special guests are Dr. Uwe Liebchen, who works as an anesthesiologist, and he is the head of the research group Pharmacometrics Munich at the LMU University Hospital of Munich, Germany, and Sebastian Grebmeier, medical student and doctoral candidate at the LMU University Hospital of Munich. Our guests are with us to present their recent study towards model-informed precision dosing of piperacillin, multicenter systematic external evaluation of pharmacokinetic models in critically ill adults with a focus on Bayesian forecasting. Their article was published in Intensive Care Medicine Journal. Welcome, Dr. Liebchen. Welcome, Sebastian Grebmeier. Hello, everyone, and thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having us. We are pleased to present our study and the potential implications for intensive care medicine. Nice to have you here. Let's start from the beginning, though. Could you please briefly describe the concept of pharmacokinetics and why is it particularly useful in the ICU setting? Yes, of course. In general, pharmacokinetics describe the way drugs move through the human body over time. So the absorption, distribution, metabolism, excretion of drugs. Especially ICU patients are challenging when it comes to precision dosing because they often exhibit pharmacokinetic changes as a result of, for example, high inflammatory burden or organ failure. In addition, ICU patients typically receive multiple drugs at the same time. So this can make it difficult to achieve target concentrations due to unexpected drug interactions or competing drug elimination. What we did so far was using standard dosing, but this more traditional approach has proven insufficient owing to the variability in ICU patients' response, leading to an urgent need to explore alternative dosing strategies to ensure drug effectiveness. So pharmacokinetic calculations are essential to manage, optimize, and individualize drug therapy. I see. Thank you for your answer. Where does population pharmacokinetic modeling come into play here? Population pharmacokinetics, also known as POPPK, describes the pharmacokinetics of a drug at a population level. Instead of looking at a single individual, POPPK captures how drugs behave in specific populations, also taking into account the variabilities between individuals. Since model parameters are typically associated with physiologic processes, you get an idea of how a drug will behave in a group of patients by developing a POPPK model. And you can extrapolate the pharmacokinetics of individual patients outside the cohort used to build the model. After providing some patient information, such as sex, weight, or renal function, POPPK models then have the potential to guide dosing, which is also known as model-informed precision dosing, or MIPD. The application is available through various dosing software and some offer the combination with therapeutic drug monitoring, enabling POPPK models to predict individual patients more precisely as the call for individualized therapies continues to grow, particularly for difficult-to-treat patients such as the critically ill. MRPD is a promising technology for improving the safety 
and quality of drug therapy. It sounds wonderful, and thank you so much for your enlightening answer. So now, what about your study? Let's focus on the study that uh, you published in Intensive Care uh, Medicine Journal on POP-PK models for piperacillin in critically ill patients. What motivated the study? Yes, there were a bunch of reasons that motivated our study. Based on numerous reports that demonstrated that a relevant proportion of ICU patients is not exposed to the desired antibiotic concentrations, the Surviving Sepsis Campaign recommends antibiotic dosing based on PKPD indices and the use of TDM and or dosing software to maximize target attainment. Subtherapeutic concentrations, for example, often observed in patients with augmented renal clearance, can lead to treatment failure and spreading antimicrobial resistance, while toxic concentrations are associated with increased mortality. To avoid these scenarios, optimized dosing approaches are warranted. However, MRPD for antibiotics has been repeatedly questioned because dosing recommendations are based on PAPK models which are typically developed using small monocentric studies and therefore have limited transferability to external populations. Critics argue that it's one thing for a model to work well within the specific population for which it was developed, but for cross-center replication, it needs to perform effectively in diverse patients. As a consequence, regulatory agencies, such as the US FDA, recommend thorough evaluation of PAPK models before using them in clinical practice. In line with this, Multiple experts in the field emphasize the importance of externally validated and clinically appropriate models for successful MRPD. In terms of piperacillin, the most frequently prescribed beta-lactam antibiotic in German ICUs, standard doses have also been reported to result in poor target attainment. Those adjustments using traditional TDM have been investigated by Hegel et al. in Target Trial published 2022 in ICM. In this study, increased but still poor attainment of target concentration was observed during continuous infusion in septic ICU patients. TDM-guided dosing also revealed no significant clinical benefit regarding the mean total SOFA score compared to standard dosing. The authors subsequently proposed to investigate the benefit of using dosing software. So, taken together, Numerous PAPI-K models for piperacillin have been developed, but only a few underwent external evaluation, which is a milestone before application in patients. Also, a clinically-oriented model evaluation in conjunction with TDM, the so-called Bayesian forecasting principle, has not yet been investigated. Thank you, Sebastian. Then could you please describe the aim of your investigation? Absolutely, sure. We wanted to explore if dosing of piperacillin could be individualized and optimized using PAPI-K models with and without the combination of TDM. Overall, the aim of our study was to facilitate appropriate model selection for MIPD of piperacillin in critically ill patients. Thank you so much for your answer. Dr. Liebchen, could you please briefly describe what methods did you use in your study? First, we collected clinical data from four previously published studies building a multi-center cohort of 561 ICU patients, and all of them were treated with piperacillin. These data, comprising 11 national centers and more than 3,650 TDM samples, formed the basis of our external evaluation. Then we conducted a systematic literature review and extracted 24 published 
PopPK models for piperacillin. We coded all these models exactly as published using the pharmacometric software NonMap. Then when we had all the models and the data together, we compared the measured concentrations with the model predictions. In a first step, we used the models for a so-called a priori prediction, which means all measured concentrations were predicted based on dosing history and patient characteristics only. This actually reflects the situation when a patient comes to the ICU and you have not yet TDM samples available, but you want to start dosing timely and individualized. In addition, a priori assessment might be interesting for hospitals with no TDM facilities at all. In a second step, we perform two Bayesian scenarios to assess the model performance in conjunction with TDM. And this reflects the situation when piperacillin concentrations are already measured. In detail, in our study, concentrations were predicted integrating the first or the first and second TDM sample per patient into the model prediction. We then employed statistical methods and calculated the median relative prediction error and the median absolute relative prediction error as parameters for accuracy and precision. To facilitate clinical interpretation for your cl clinical readers, an expected target attainment rate was calculated to get an idea of how good could we get if we were using these models. Furthermore, the evaluation was stratified by first by continuous and intermittent infusion to account for pip different piperacillin infusion regimens, and we also examined the precision of Bayesian predictions over time after integration of TDM data using a correlation analysis. And finally, we carefully assessed the model performance in patient subgroups divided by sex and renal replacement therapy to investigate the impact of these factors on model predictions. I'm sure everybody is already curious to know the results. Could you please share the key findings of your study? Um, we have found a considerable variability in the predictive performance of the 24 Puppy K models evaluated. Differences in model accuracy and precision were most evident for population predictions without the integration of TDM data. Models that underestimated concentrations were more frequent than overestimating models. And overall, data collected during continuous infusion was better predictable compared to intermittent infusion. When integrating TDM data, all models revealed significantly improved accuracy and precision. With respect to the total external data set, the models by Kim, Clastrup, and Judy et al., all originating from ICU patient data, performed best, especially when coupled with TDM data. More specifically, the model by Judy et al. performed best in patients receiving intermittent infusion. Clastrup et al. best predicted patients receiving continuous infusion. And Kim et al. revealed most appropriate for the pooled dataset, also due to less gender bias and superior performance in non-RRT patients. The highest expected target attainment rate for the total external population was observed by the model by Kim et al predicting more than two-thirds of piperacillin concentrations in the desired target range of 32 to 96 mg per liter without integration of TDM data. Including TDM samples, the expected attainment rate increased up to 80.6%, and subgroup evaluations revealed even higher model attainment rates up to 93%, depending on the analyzed ICU patient subgroup. The stratified analysis demonstrated that piperacillin predictions were overall more accurate and precise for males, likely because females were underrepresented 
in all models foundational data, and therefore the estimated PopPK parameters may have been driven by men. Future research should definitely focus more on the investigation of pharmacokinetics specifically in women. Stratification by non-RRT and RRT patients disclosed more models underestimating concentrations in the RRT group, and population predictions appeared worse overall. However, when integrating TDM data, several models achieved adequate predictions also for RRT patients. Finally, we found that model precision slightly decreased with passing time after implementation of TDM data. Therefore, we should update our predictions regularly. Thank you, Sebastian. Uh, your external evaluation provides really intriguing uh, insights. What uh, would be the most important aspects that uh, you would like to emphasize? The first key aspect is, as Sebastian said, the substantial variability among the 24 investigated PopPK models in their ability to adequately predict piperacillin plasma concentrations. This highlights the importance of careful model selection in critically ill patients to ensure high-quality MIPD. Second, a combination of model-based therapy and TDM is highly suggested, as it significantly improved the model predictability. Our investigation supports the integration of TDM samples as soon as possible to achieve the highest model precision. Pharmacokinetic calculations do not necessarily require TDM trough or steady-state concentrations. And as the precision of Bayesian predictions has been shown to decrease over time, a regular consideration of new TDM data seems beneficial to keep model predictions up to date. The third point is that our external evaluation results are largely consistent with the previous French study that also recommended the models by Udi and Klaastrup et al. as promising candidates for MIPD. The model by Kim et al. was not published at that time. And despite methodological differences, this adds robustness to our model evaluation results and makes them likely transferable to other centers and countries. And finally, I would like to emphasize, and this is probably the most important aspect with potential implications for clinicians, in our paper, we present a flowchart showing the best performing models within our external multicenter dataset. All these candidate models have been implemented in the open access TD metrics dosing software, providing a ready to use tool for exploring piperacillin MIPD scenarios relevant for clinical practice. Thank you, Dr. Liebhen. After this extensive um, explanation, what are your take-home messages for us? The future of antibiotic therapy in critically ill patients lies in precision dosing. We have witnessed the challenges posed by pathophysiological changes and the frustrating results of standard dosing. Our research demonstrates now that Bayesian dosing guided by appropriate PopPK models and timely TDM has the potential to optimize piperacillin exposure. Researchers and clinicians alike need to embrace this new approach and collaborate on prospective studies at the bedside to investigate if successful MIPD of piperacillin leads to clinical benefits for patients. So precision medicine will be the medicine of the future. What do you think our listeners can expect from future pharmacometric research in antibiotic dosing? Well, I think the near future holds further improvements in dosing software through the use of model averaging 
and machine learning approaches. The Far Horizon promises continuous drug monitoring by biosensors, leading to dynamic closed-loop techniques between real-time drug sensors, advanced dosing software, and automated infusion pumps. These future synergies will usher in a new era of individualized antibiotic therapy. Thank you so much to both of you for uh, this promising glimpse into the future. Today with us, we had Dr. Uwe Liebchen and uh, Sebastian Grebmeier sharing with us their latest published article in uh, Intensive Care Medicine Journal. Thank you so much for sharing your profound insights with us today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure discussing our research. I hope it will inspire further advances in the field of intensive care medicine. I totally agree. Thank you very much for the invitation and the great conversation. Thank you, dear listeners, for being with us today uh, again. And uh, we are waiting for you in another ESICM uh, podcast episode. See you next time.